from GreenBiz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from GreenBiz events. I'm Joel McCower. When I think to the future of Beauty Counter, it's how far can we go? Can we make this a, a global movement for clean beauty where we you know, eradicate toxic chemical exposure in one of the things that we can control? You know, we can't control the air we breathe, but you can control what you put on your body every day. And so we want to make sure that we get safer products into the hands of everyone. And that's not just Beauty Counter products. That's I want to see the laws change so that every single citizen of every country has access to safer products. That is my personal goal. And you know, we intend to see this through. That was Greg Renfrew, founder and CEO of Beauty Counter. I sat down with her at GreenBiz 19 in Phoenix, Arizona, and we discussed the problems the beauty industry faces today and how her company plans to change the game. Let's listen in. So, Greg, uh, I'm guessing a lot of people here don't know Beauty Counter. Give us the... Uh quick little story about just the elevator pitch, as it were. The elevator pitch. Hi. Um, well, thank you for having me, first of all. Beauty Counter is a company based in Santa Monica, California, that I started. And we are we have a mission of getting safer products into the hands of everyone. We are focused on skin care, color cosmetic, and personal care products. And we've built this business really on you know a couple of really important pillars, education, formulation, getting great, high-performing and safer products into the market, and advocacy. Um, so... so you're a serial entrepreneur. You had a company that had, had a, as they say, a successful exit. I think to Martha Stewart. Um, depends on <laughs> depends on how you look at that. Okay. Well, <laughs> Martha sounded successful to me, but yeah. anyway, no, it is. It is. It was. What led you to do this? You didn't need to do this. Why a, a, another beauty pr products company? So I I truly believe that the world doesn't need another beauty business. I started Beauty Counter because I had watched An Inconvenient Truth. How many of you in this room watched the film An Inconvenient Truth? Probably many of you. Um, I became really impassioned with the environmental health movement. I started to realize that there were, we were being exposed to all these toxic chemicals. Started to make sweeping changes in my life. And the one area that I really couldn't find products that met my needs was in the area of skincare and, and cosmetic products. So I decided to start the company to bring products that were both high performing, like traditional brands, but also much safer for your health. And you have this, um, I forget what, what the term for it is now, model. I, know, I knew it as multi-level marketing, but what, what do you call it? So we're a direct-to-consumer brand that has been powered by people, and we have about 40,000 women and men across North America selling our products. But we're also available um, in our store in New York City and online. So uh, a multi-channeled direct-to-consumer business. So there's a number of, of, of cosmetic and beauty product companies that have some kind of health, tox uh, low toxic or non-toxic. Uh, we had on this uh, very stage uh, Jessica Alba, who I know you know, I do. Uh, and and her her partner Chris, uh, Christopher, uh, to talk about um, the Honest Company, and and they've got a story. So what's this, what's your story? How does it differ? How does it differ from the Honest Company, oh, or just well, in companies from, in general? Not just the Honest Company, but from everyone else out there. You know, I think when I started Beauty Counter, which was in late 2010, no one was talking about clean cosmetics or clean beauty at all. There was no such term. It was all about being green. And I think we were the first company that brought to market high-performance, commercially viable products in the areas of skincare and cosmetics that were also significantly safer and void of you know, thousands of chemicals of concern. And that, that I think when you look at a company like the Honest Company or other, other companies, 
Um, many of the companies in clean beauty are just focused on skincare. Honest Company was more baby products. For us, it was really trying to give to that woman all of her, all the things that she needed in her home. So not just you know skincare, but cosmetics, personal care, sunscreen for her family, baby and kids. So it's at the even more honest company, I guess. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I, yeah, I said that. I don't need that coming out in the record. All right, all right, Get sorry. me in trouble. Yeah, okay. Um, I, yeah, I blame me. I, um, I know you spent a lot of time on, on responsible sourcing. Um, uh, you had the, uh, the great good fortune and good sense to hire uh, Sasha Calder, one of our Green Biz 30 under 30s, who's uh, just a rock star in this space, who's been uh, you know, traveling around the world, actually, looking for uh, a number of ingredients and how to continually improve uh, both the products and the packaging. Where, where would you say you are in that journey? You know, I think it's a really complicated uh, journey to be on, to be completely honest. So for just, just, I think everyone in this room probably knows this, just, but just to remind everyone. So we in the United States have an updated a major federal law regulating the cosmetics industry since 1938. And the, the law that does exist doesn't even look at supply chain, let alone the chemicals of concern that it, we're putting in our products every single day. I mean, there are about 12,000, 10 to 12,000 uh, ingredients commonly used in skincare and cosmetic and personal care products that are known to be definitively linked to you know, health issues or could certainly are, could cause concern. And then when you get down to the supply chain, no one's looking at that at all. So for example, you know, when we, you know, our brand promise to the consumer is to take toxic chemicals out of our products and deliver performance that you expect. And when we look at our supply chain, that's, that's really difficult to navigate. We, so where are we in the process? I mean, I think we've done infinitely more than 99.9% .9 of the companies you know, out there in terms of looking at supply chain and trying to source responsibility. Our greatest focus is on eradicating toxic chemicals, but it is complicated because of the lack of regulation over supply chain. Give us an example of one of the chemicals that either you have or are working on eliminating and, and what the problem was with it. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you an example of something that, would, that is, is, and it's not even specific to the chemical, but it, was, it could be a byproduct of a chemical. You know, years ago we, had, we, have, we have eye pencils and they moved the manufacturing from um, Tennessee to Mexico. And during that process they changed one of the ingredients in the pencils that we were pr producing for consumers. And let's just say they called it, you know, whatever, you know, the beauty counter cocktail. And the beauty counter cocktail had these five ingredients in it. Well, they don't have to disclose that they've changed one of those five ingredients. So that, that one of those ingredients that we, th that we thought was in our pencil could have potentially, as a byproduct, led to 1,4-dioxane. So that, that's the type of thing that we're looking at the ingredients as they're formulated and then also what happens post-formulation. And so it turned out it was fine, but we did this extensive, you know, research and had to, we recalled the product or we held, we, we held, you know, we held them back until we could finish that. That's the kind of thing that happens to us all the time. So how hard is that uh, for a company of your size? You're not exactly L'Oreal. So, not yet. Yeah, no, no, but not yet. But uh, but you don't have the, necessarily the kind of of market clout. So how, how hard is that? Just period. You know, I think when I started Beauty Counter, you know, people thought I was crazy, and a lot of the contract manufacturers and suppliers said, you know, it can't be done, and we're not going to do it. And we somehow, because I think I'm a good salesperson, was able, you know, we were able to convince them to take a chance with us that the future of beauty is clean beauty and that they had an enormous business opportunity. And I think those that did, you know, sort of start with us saw our explosive growth over the last, you know, we launched six years ago and the business has just been going straight up and we are outperforming traditional brands by, you know, 
you know, five, 10 X every single year. So I think that now they understand that there's an enormous business opportunity for them. And we now are holding them to even higher um, standards of, of conduct. But it, it's challenging because, you know, it's a lot easier and more profitable to do things the way that you've done them for the last 50 years. But we're not going to stand for that. Are you finding the options that you're looking for, the kinds of alternative ingredients? I, I really believe that there are quite a few companies out there that are, are you know, searching for the answers and getting them. I mean, I think you know, at, at Beauty Counter, we are focused on safety for human health, first and foremost. That's our primary platform. And so we use both natural and synthetic ingredients. What we want to know is, is it harmful to health and is it harmful to the earth? There are naturally occurring ingredients that are obviously not safe, and there are man-made ingredients that are benign. And so I think we're able, through those, uh, the, the, you know, the use of both of those um, types of ingredients, to de deliver the performance expectations. And we are working. Um, you know, we've funded some of our own research, and we are working with institutions to try to come up with, you know, new solutions. So, so you clearly. Uh see this as, a, as not just a company, but a movement, uh, I guess. Uh, and, and towards that end, how do you uh, magnify your impact to uh, impact other companies? You know, one of the reasons that I, well, first of all, as I said earlier, I didn't, I don't think the world needed another beauty brand. So when I started Beauty Counter, I mean, I didn't know anything about, just to, just to be clear, I mean, I didn't even know anything about makeup. I didn't even really wear makeup at the time. I'm, I'm getting older now. I'm wearing more and more every day. Me so too. thank God we have safer products. And I know your makeup looks amazing. Um, but I, <laughs> does it? <laughs> you must be wearing Beauty Counter, right? Um, but I do think that, you know, for me, you know, it was really about, you know, starting a movement powered by people and, we didn't need any other beauty brand. We wanted to start a movement. The first thing I said is I want to change the laws in the United States. They have not been updated for, you know, at the time, 75 years. We can't do this through traditional you know, distribution of products. We need to tell the story person to person in small ways and large. And I think that's why we decided to work with independent consultants, because we've been able to get, you know, create over 60,000 jobs, which is exciting, but also Wait, allow people. 60,000 jobs? For, for people in this country. Oh, oh, and so in, our independent sales, consultants. But I mean, these are real right. jobs, people earning yeah. you know, primary and secondary income. These jobs have. Um, so it allows them to educate, it allows them to sell a product that they believe in and to participate in the advocacy. We now know that through these 40,000 people, we can reach 5 million people through content and through you know, educational materials. So we are reaching a lot of people. And first and foremost, we need to increase awareness on this issue because most people still don't know that there are harmful ingredients in the products they use every day. And you've been advocating on Capitol Hill too. We've been advocating on Capitol Hill. You know, we have, extent, have done you know, extensive amount of work. We've held over 100 meetings on Capitol Hill. We've sent over 100,000 and probably more now um, text and email messages. We've been working on both the state and federal level. We've participated in, the, in some of the bills that have been, you know, been passed. What are you specifically asking? We're asking our federal government to update the laws that date back to, you know, to 1938, where to, we're asking for power uh, to give the FDA the power to recall products right now in the United States if there is a chemical of concern, if there are adverse health consequences happening, you know, when you're using, there's, there's been a recent example of a company called Wen, you know, hair care that has a shampoo line. They've had over 20,000 complaints, people having, you know, um, permanent hair loss, whatever, and the, and the FDA can't do anything about it. So we need them to have power. We need them to beef up the, um, the team on the FDA to look at and screen chemicals of concern. And we need them to update the laws. I mean, the EU banned or restricted, as you all probably know, over 1,400 ingredients, or almost 1,400 ingredients, well over a decade ago. We've banned 30 in the United States to date. Yeah, go America. Um, <laughs> you've, uh, 
what's the response been uh, when you go to congressional offices, uh, not just to you uh, and, and your company showing up there, uh, I'd be curious about that, but also to the issues, are they receptive? Well, it's interesting, when we first started showing up, and you know, no one really gave us the time of day, now, now they've heard us loud and clear, so they know we mean business, and I think at the end of the day, there is bipartisan support for um, cosmetic reform. I think every single one of you in this room, every member of Congress, every person in the state and federal government knows directly or indirectly someone touched by the health issues we face as a nation today, whether that is someone struggling with cancer, infertility issues, um, giving birth to children with significant health issues like severe asthma or allergies. We're all watching this happen around us. They do understand that there are chemicals of concern in the products that we're selling in the United States today, and they do want to take action. I think where the challenges are is whether that, you know, on sort of state preemption, who makes the final decision? Is it the federal government, or do states like California, where I'm fortunate enough to live, you know, with Prop 65, have the final say? And that's where I think we keep running into it. But I, we're hopeful with this new sort of split Congress that we'll be able to move um, a bill forward in the next year. So your company, you said 2010 you started? I started working on it in 2010. We launched in March of 13. Okay, so uh, seven, six, seven years into this. Um, where do you want to see this, this brand in uh, 2030? That's the magic year we're all talking about this now. But where do you want to see the brand, and what do you hope the impact will be? Well, you know, when I started the company, I really, you know, had set out to change the entire beauty industry. That was my personal goal. I wanted to change the world, and my way of changing the world would be to get safer products so that my children and all of your children don't have to worry about reading the labels and the products that they put on their bodies every day. So when I think to the future of Beauty Counter, it's how far can we go? Can we make this a, a global movement for clean beauty where we you know, eradicate toxic chemical exposure in one of the things that we can control? You know, We can't control the air we breathe, but you can control what you put on your body every day. And so we want to make sure that we get safer products into the hands of everyone, and that's not just beauty counter products. That's I want to see the laws change so that every single citizen of every country has access to safer products. That is my personal goal, and you know we intend to see this through. That's some big thinking. I like that. Heather, what do you have for uh, Greg? Hi. So what specific things are you doing to include uh, communities of diversity in your, in your vision and in your mission? So when we started the company, you know, a, a couple of years ago, we looked at sort of certainly the, the corporate team, and it, it wasn't particularly diverse. It certainly um, it was it was super it was super white and super sort of middle aged because that's kind of me. And um, we really made a conscious effort to focus on bringing um, people into our organization um, who had really a real variety of backgrounds to build our community at all levels, from the C level um, and 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 board level all the way through the organization in all areas of the business so that when you have, for example, if you're formulating a product for a woman of color, you need women of color in the product development process. If you, I believe strongly that there is great value in um, a diverse set of voices around the table um, making decisions about the company. I mean, it is, it is factually proven that companies who have um, a, a, an inclusive mindset and a diverse group of people are going to make better decisions business decisions, and our goal over time is to have the face of our, com uh, our company, um, our community at large, to look like the face and the complexion of the United States today, and that is something that takes time, but we've made enormous progress um, on looking at every single aspect of it and trying to move the needle. We're not perfect, but we've come a hell of a long way. Yeah, well, you've come a hell of a long way on a lot of things, and I'm wondering as you look at all you're doing around... Toxicity, we didn't even really get into talking about the challenges with packaging um, and diversity and inclusion and, and just building a, a great company. What, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> 
all of the above. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, look, I mean, I think that I've always said since I started the company that failure is not an option, right? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we need to change the laws, we need to change the products, we need to create more businesses that are doing well and doing good simultaneously. And we are trying as a B corporation to lead by example and to show people that you can be a profitable business that can that can really impact the consumer marketplace without um, without you know causing undue harm to the world and to your employees and everyone that's you know involved with your company. And I think I'm really committed to it. You know, I lose sleep every single night when I hear, you know, every day I get a phone call from someone that says, I joined your movement because I was just diagnosed with breast cancer. I just lost my child. My son is struggling with eczema. You know, I realized that I've been putting these toxic chemicals on my body. I'm tired of those stories. I don't want to hear them anymore. And so I lose sleep over that. I mean, I worry about everything. You know, the more, the bigger we've gotten, the, the greater the reach, the more insecure I get about it because we have so much to lose if we don't get this right. And, and I feel like we, this is my, you know, my responsibility to the world. And I think we, uh, our team feel really, really responsible for what we're doing. Well, I sleep better at night knowing that there are entrepreneurs and business leaders like you thinking in the big terms that you do and taking on the big challenges, not just within your own company, but well beyond those borders. So thank you for that. And please join me in thanking Greg Renfrew. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Greg Renfrew, founder and CEO of Beauty Counter, talk about her mission to spearhead the clean beauty movement at GreenBiz19 in Phoenix, Arizona. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com slash center stage. And while you're there, tune into GreenBiz 350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at GreenBiz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening.